Um, you know, Joy Reid's lips are wrapped firmly around their back size. So in Florida, they they're enforcing e-verify. Now, e-verify is not used, is not new, okay? E-verify is not a new thing. E-verify has basically been disregarded by the states. But the truth of the matter is e-verify is not a new thing. E-verify has just been an ignored thing. Well, Ron DeSantis of Florida, the Latino governor has decided, hey, there's this thing called e-verify. Folks, let me remind you, every, we don't have to fight for any laws, people. We don't have to fight for any laws. We don't have to fight for any representation. We don't have to fight for anything. Every law you can possibly imagine is already on the books. Every law you can possibly conceive of, every turn of the judicial system that you can imagine is already there. It's not a matter of who was. Can we get some legislation to? The laws are already there. You live in a system of white supremacy. We're, we're white and we say so. Whichever law they want to level against you, remember you are in a system of power. Whatever law they're going to drop on you depends on who's in power. And they get to cherry pick which laws they will use and which laws they will ignore. That's what we want you to get through your heads. This is not a matter of getting some legislation passed. Legislation has been passed decades ago on both sides of the equation. It really just depends on which law they feel like enforcing, which law they want to admit today, which law they want to enact, and which one they don't. But don't let anybody tell you that the laws are not all already there. Yes, they are. So Joy Reid is upset because Florida has actually decided to enforce E-Verify, or at least they claim, because actually in reality, there are some loopholes even to what they're doing now. But boy, she got in a tizzy. She was upset. She talks to an immigration lawyer about this. But boy, listen to old Joy Reid. Never heard her speak up for black folk like this, by the way. Joining me now is Andrea Reyes, an immigration attorney in Florida. And I will note for you, Ms. Reyes, that the exception to being able to transport undocumented migrants is the governor, who has been authorized by this law to fly migrants from Texas, who he's brought into the state and put on planes and flown them to all sorts of blue states. So he gets to do it. What is the impact of this law before it even goes into effect in July? Thank you for having me. So right now we are already seeing a um, basically the start of what's going to likely be a mass exodus of immigrants out of the state of Florida, um, and we understand that um, in the state of Florida we, you know, we are twenty one percent of the state is populated by immigrants, and so when you okay, let's be clear about something here, folks. We live in this weird, wacky, bizarre, diabolical era that only George Orwell himself could properly appreciate. Where they've re they have turned the lexicon and the dictionary on its ear. These are not immigrants. They are illegal aliens. And these folks are saying, nope, 
we'll just call them immigrants, migrants. You're not an immigrant if you ain't filled out the paperwork. If you have not applied and filled out the paperwork, you're not an immigrant, you're a trespasser. You're an illegal. See, this is what they do in the media, the government, the academia. They just sit up here and say, well, we'll just make up our own words. Hell, we'll make a word. Folks, they're not immigrants. They're illegal aliens. They didn't immigrate. If you didn't fill out the paperwork, you didn't immigrate. You're a trespasser. You are not a migrant. You're not an asylum seeker. You're not a refugee. You're an illegal. You're a trespasser. You don't have a right to go here. You're trespassing. So these folks are instituting, well, we say so. You're an immigrant. No, you're not. Did you apply? Where's your paperwork? Your system's too slow. Don't matter. Where's your paperwork? So just understand what you're dealing with here. This is bum rushing the door. This is if we can smash and grab it, get away with it. Let's do so. She's talking about eight billion. 
Furthermore, nobody asked you to come here. Nobody demanded you to be here. You can't sit here and say, I broke into your house. Take a look at how much money I made after I broke into your house. These are a sick group of degenerates defending this. So if you know why sex trafficking and drug running is so big among the same folks who support this kind of thing, now you know why. When you have over 21% of the populations being foreign-born, where you have over half a million U.S. citizens living with at least one undocumented family member in their home in a mixed-status environment, um, you know, when you have a, a state that is... Mixed status. There's no such thing as mixed status. You're either legal or you're not. Can you show us your birth certificate and your social security number? You don't have them? Oh, use illegal. It's not a mixed status. If you want to know why people hate lawyers, if you all want to know the reason that people hate lawyers, this woman right here is exhibit A for why people despise lawyers. Run by immigrants in the industries of crop production, agriculture, construction, roofing, uh, uh, a state that is run by immigrants in the industries of crop production, um, illegal aliens don't run the agricultural industry of Florida. Like I say, she's a lying, despicable, disgusting piece of filth. Immer the illegal aliens don't run the agricultural industry anywhere. Anybody who has ever stood at a farm, ever driven through the farmlands, I drive across this country. I drive across this nation, and I have seen the farmlands. I've seen them in the early mornings when they bring the buses out, when they bring all the caravan of cars out in California. And what you'll do is, if you stick around long enough and take a look, you know what you'll see? You'll see a white man pull up. It is always the same everywhere. These orange orchards, apple orchards, cotton fields, corn fields, lettuce fields, tomatoes, strawberry, none of them are run by illegals. Not a single one. They are all property owned by white men. And if you stick around, you'll see the white men show up. I told you all about this years ago. I saw a white man sit up here and he, it was one of those trucks that had the fertilizer on it. And you see him right there. I'm, I'm sitting here watching him as I'm going by. And he's standing with this fella, with this Mexican looking fella. And he's standing at the back of this truck. And he's gesturing with his hands about how to use the controls on the truck to get it to go up or to get it to go down. That was what he was doing. He was gesturing with his hands. He didn't say anything. Or he wasn't what he was saying. It didn't look like he was speaking in coherent sentences. <laughs> what does that tell you? He's sitting there training this dude in real time. He's training him in real time. Sitting up here showing him how to use the machinery right there in real time. 
No, they don't run anything. These white men are the ones who run it. And for those of you who've seen Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, the Carolinas, Arkansas, Texas, California, if you've seen them, then you understand. You've seen it with your own eyes. They don't run anything. This woman is a despicable liar. But then again, okay. Agriculture, construction, roofing, uh, taxi drivers, and um, uh, maids and housekeeping, right? When you have a state that is run so much by immigrants, to say that this bill is going to affect nearly all residents, families, and businesses in the state is really a terrifying fact. And, and you know, and it's interesting because you, you, you talk about the number of um, immigrant entrepreneurs in Florida. I definitely experienced that. I lived down there 14 years. You have a lot of people who own construction firms and restaurants, and these are people who are Latino, right? They are themselves. And a lot of them are Republicans and DeSantis supporters and probably voted for him. I want to read a quote from the same article that they quoted you um, in The New Yorker. And this was a quote from a gentleman named Jose Rodriguez, and he's a priest in the Iglesia Episcopal Jesus State Nazareth Church in Orlando. He said that conservative Latinos are prioritizing abortion over immigration and other life-preserving issues. Rodriguez, who supports immigration rights, added, they make a good show of pretending that they care about immigrants, but at the end of the day, they worship at the altar of conservatism and they'll turn their back on their neighbor. Um, but what I've been seeing on, on, you know, on these sort of TikToks that are putting up is people saying that a lot of people who actually voted for DeSantis and thought that he would be a good governor are actually waking up to the fact that this isn't helping them. Are you? If you're ill here illegally, it does you don't have a vote, does it? Oh, I'm here illegally. Let's talk about my feelings. I'm here illegally. Let's talk about my feelings. I want you all to understand, when you're dealing with the CNNs and the MSNBCs and the NBCs and the ABCs and the Disney corporations, I've been all over. You go up to New York City. For those of you who are, you know, from the South, or from the Midwest, or from the Northwest, you all got to understand, in New York City alone, by itself, illegals for all kinds of things are big business. I'm talking about for domestic workers. I'm not talking about the things you all usually think about because there isn't really an agricultural industry in New York to speak of, but y'all, it is huge among millionaires not talking among really big businesses is huge among millionaires it's a status symbol among the millionaires to have a nanny to have a housekeeper to have illegals landscaping that is a huge cultural thing in new york i want you to understand that in new york this is a huge cultural thing. And I'm not just talking about in New York City. I'm talking about in upstate New York also. All over New York State, you got these white folk out there, their executives, their middle management, um, their executive management. It is, this is a huge cultural thing for them. They want nannies. They want housekeepers. They want maids. This is a thing for them to have illegals as their laborers. 
This is a thing for them. It's, it's to be totally honest with you, it's like a fetish. It really is like a fetish. And they treat them like they're pets. For those of you who've been there and seen it firsthand, and I have witnessed this firsthand, they treat them like they're pets. They treat them not like a member of the family. They call them a member of the family, but they treat them like they're dogs. They treat them like that little moist black dude at the, at the office. They treat them like they're pets. And I mean, they are really stomped down, rock rib, hardcore, died in the wool, determined that this going to be what it's going to be. Manuela and, and Jesus and Jose, oh, this is what it's going to be, y'all. So when you talk to individuals like Joy Reid, Joy Reid does not want to stop the exploitation. She wants a seat at the table. She's like, hey, where's my whip to crack on there? Where's my little pet? Where's my little nanny? Where's my little housekeeper? So I want you to understand when you hear the Joy Reads and, and the NBCs and the ABCs and you wonder why is it they do that, you go to where these broadcasting companies are headquartered out of in New York, just understand at the cocktail circuit and the dinner club parties and the supper club parties and whatnot, when folk like Joy Reed show up, they're all sitting there comparing notes about their nannies and their housekeepers and their landscapers and their roofers. This is just a thing for them to do. I want to stick to the ones that actually come by every day. So nannies and housekeepers and landscapers and stuff. Oh, this is big, y'all. Y'all got to understand this is huge for them. They take pride in this. They take cultural pride in having housekeepers and nannies, but they're so proud of it they don't want to pay the market rates. So just understand, they're standing up for their rights to have more indentured servants. That's what they're standing up for. They're not standing up for humanity. This damn shit not about that. This is all it's about is the plantation and they want to run it. So here she is saying, how can it be that so many Latinos voted for DeSantis? Shouldn't they vote to keep sweeping up the floors in my house? Life-preserving issues. Rodriguez, who supports immigration rights, added, they make a good show of pretending that they care about immigrants. But at the end of the day, they worship at the altar of conservatism and they'll turn their back on their neighbor. Um, but what I've been seeing on, on, you know, these sort of... What kind of priest is this? We're going to get back to this right here. Joy Reid doesn't even like religion. She don't believe in God. Joy Reid's an atheist, and yet she yanks out an article from the New Yorker, uh, another atheist publication, is an atheist publication telling you all of a sudden they found some priest somewhere babbling. And they're telling you that they turn, they would turn their back on their neighbor. Excuse me, trespassers are not your neighbor. Squatters are not your neighbor. Squatters are not neighbors, people. Now, she's shocked that Latinos in Florida have a conservative leaning to them, which is what you heard from me over a decade ago. I specifically named Florida. I specifically named Florida. 
these folks are sitting up here. Y'all got to understand. See, there's a cultural difference here. Most of you who live in Florida understand this or in California. There's a difference between the Mexicans and the Cubans. The Mexicans and the Puerto Ricans. See, Puerto Ricans are already Americans. That's the American territory. Puerto Ricans are already Americans. And Cuba is basically an occupied territory. The Mexicans, on the other hand, that's different. And the folks, the, the Latinos in Florida, the Cubans and the Puerto Ricans, they don't really want to fool with the Mexicans. See, you don't have a bunch of drug cartels in Puerto Rico. You don't really have a bunch of drug cartels in Cuba. You go down into Mexico, it's only popping. You go to Colombia, it's only popping. And the Cubans and the Puerto Ricans are like, eh, we ain't really trying to have all that. Meanwhile, the, the like they're not sitting up here grabbing with the five kids and tow. They're like, hey, we ain't really trying to do that right there. We ain't trying to, no, that's not, we don't do all that. They messed up the neighborhood. So Joy Reid, when you hear about her jockeying for a new illegal alien nanny, a nanny, or jockeying for a new illegal alien housekeeper, she's talking about the Mexicans. So you got some folks here trying to lump them all in together, and if you don't understand that they're not monolithic, then you're just telling yourself, well, aren't all Latinos the same? No, they're not all the same. They're really not. Rights added. They make a good show of pretending that they care about immigrants. But at the end of the day, they worship at the altar of conservatism and they'll turn their back on their neighbor. Um, but what I've been They worship at the altar of conservatism, which is what we've been telling you for the longest time. These folks come from places, they come from countries where the core culture is anti-black, for example. When they get to America, they behave like the Anglos. We've been saying that forever. They identify as Anglos. They behave like Anglos. We've been saying this forever. Joy Reid has been living in denial. Now she's sitting up here looking like a dumb ass, saying, well, I didn't know this. Sound like a start raving fool. We've been saying this forever. Of conservatism, and they'll turn their back on their neighbor. Um, but what I've been seeing on, on, you know, these sort of TikToks that are putting up is people saying that a lot of people who actually voted for DeSantis and thought that he would be a good governor are actually waking up to the fact that this isn't helping them. Are you seeing that kind of reaction from Latinos? So I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. We tend to be a little bit more on the conservative side as a whole. Um, I do definitely believe. Now, that's very interesting that this attorney would say that. Very, very interesting that she would say that. Because when you take a look at the state of Florida, for those of you who want to break out a map or something, when you take a look at the state of Florida, as a matter of fact, I want to go ahead and see if I can do that for you all. Let me go ahead and see if I can get up a little bit of a visual aid for you. This attorney here, she is just, I mean, really a feckless, degenerate liar. She really, really is. It's, it's really disgusting to hear her speak like this. Because she's just like, okay, let me go ahead and just make up some lies here and see if I can just get away with it long enough. And if I can, well, hell, they'll let me do it. Damn it. Katie barred the door. We're going in. This is why you have to have us doing your media work for you because these other people are just going to sit here, look you square in the eye, and just lie to you. But it's like the state of California. The state of California is not monolithic other than San Francisco, Los Angeles, 
Once you get outside of that, you're actually dealing with a conservative state. California is actually a conservative state. Remember, they voted for Ronald Reagan and Arnold Schwarzenegger. When you get outside of Los Angeles and San Francisco, you're actually dealing with a very conservative state. And I mean Louisiana conservative. Let's go ahead and take a look at the state of Florida. I'm trying to make this too daunting for you all here. Let's go ahead and take a look at the state of Florida. Now, I'm going to zoom out so you can see what it looks like first. And then we'll go ahead and zoom in. But this is what the state of Florida looks like as a whole. Now, the top part up there, what they call the panhandle, the top left part up here, I'll go ahead and zoom back in so you can see the part I'm referring to. The top left part here, that's the panhandle. And in the panhandle, that's what some of the locals refer to that as uh, lower Alabama. Southern Alabama. There's kind of a pet name that they have for it when you get there, Southern Alabama. And like dealing with the Deep South is what it's like. It's like dealing with the Deep South. As a matter of fact, let me get a better map because this is listing the counties. I want to get a better map that actually will show you where Jacksonville is proper. Now, for my truck drivers, my truck drivers already know this. For the rest of you who are not quite familiar with it, uh, people like my truck drivers, people who travel a lot like myself, you already know this. If you travel down uh, Interstate 95, if you travel uh, Interstate 10, then you see over here on the far left-hand side of the screen, you see Alabama there. You see Georgia above the panhandle. So Alabama goes around it on the left-hand side. Georgia's over here in the middle. Interstate 10 runs down straight here through the middle of it, where you see uh, Crestview, Tallahassee, and Pensacola. Interstate 10 runs all the way straight through all of these until you get over there around Jacksonville. And coming up to Interstate 95, you can take over, uh, you take the freeway over to get to get back to Interstate 10. You take the freeway over from Jacksonville to get back to Interstate 10. Interstate 95 goes down. So the reason I'm showing you this is I want you to see the map of the state of Florida and you can see what the whole thing looks like. At the bottom of the state down here, down there at the bottom is Miami. For those of you who are not familiar with the geography of Florida, Miami is down here at the bottom of the state. That's down here at the bottom. That's where the Cubans come in and everything else, down here at the bottom of the state. You can see the Keys down here out there in the ocean. But this is the bottom of the state. Fort Lauderdale, West Palm Beach, where Rush Limbaugh lived. That's the southern part of the state. <laughs> when you come up to uh, central Florida, now you get to Tampa, Orlando. So those of you who didn't know, you're coming back up here to State 95. You hit the central part of the state. So Broward County is down here. And then Brevard counties good sheriff and whatnot. So you get to Tampa, Clearwater, Orlando. Now you're dealing in the uh, central part of the state. The reason why I'm going through this exhaustive listing here, you keep going north and then you hit Jacksonville up here. The reason why I'm going through this is she's sitting up here talking about, well, we're in Jacksonville. We're in a pretty conservative area. 
if you all take a look at the presidential elections, then you know that the major urban centers are where the black people are. So when Joe Biden wants to try to win the state or something like that, if the Democrats want to win in the state of Florida, they know they got to get out the vote in Jacksonville, Tallahassee. But those are the two majors right there. And then to a lesser degree, Orlando, uh, Florida, stand up. Florida, if I'm lying on Florida, y'all stand up right now and call me on it. But the Democrats, every presidential election, they will tell you the major urban areas in Florida, that's where they got to get out the vote. So Miami, Orlando, Jacksonville, Pensacola, Tallahassee. Y'all, the rapper T-Pain, the T stands for Tallahassee. For those of you who didn't know, the rapper T-Pain, the T stands for Tallahassee. So my folks who live in Florida know that she's lying. When it comes to the elections in Florida, they know that she's lying. That's the crazy part about it. She's lying so damn bad that it's not even funny now. Not even funny. So she's just going to say it anyway. That's the crazy part. By the way, I think in uh, Florida, a Democrat just beat the Republican mayor of uh, Jacksonville, I want to say. Yeah, that just happened, as a matter of fact. Let me go ahead and put that up on your screen. I'm doing the most here tonight. But I'm just saying, I want to disprove these lies, and this is why you have to come to us because if you listen to MSNBC and any of the people they bring on there, they're just going to lie their asses in Jacksonville, Florida. Y'all, if I didn't keep up with the news in as many places across this country as I do, this lying ass would sit up here and just tell lie after lie and would never get checked on it because Joy Reid isn't going to do it. My folks in Florida would be screaming at their TVs and screaming at their computers saying this is a damn lie. Jacksonville is not a conservative place. Y'all, can I say it? Y'all, no shade on Florida. You know I love my Florida people when y'all ain't acting like New Yorkers. I love my folks in Florida. But anybody who has traveled down, anybody who has traveled south, anybody who has made the long drive all the way up from Miami, all the way to Jacksonville, folks, you know when you've made it. You're coming out of Miami, they got $100,000 cars. When you hit Central Florida, heading towards Disney World, and you see a bunch of Rental cars, not a bunch of $100,000 cars, though. We're in the middle of class, but they're mostly new cars. Nigga, by the time you get to Jacksonville, oh, it looks like Louisiana. They got rubber straps around the bumpers, taillights cracked and missing. Oh, that car has been a wreck. 
I mean, the freeway, you ain't even got to see a sign that says you in Jacksonville. When you see your first cracked windshield, you know you are. I'm in Jacksonville, ain't I? Getting close to Jacksonville. When you see your first taillight that doesn't work, oh, I must be getting, getting close to Jacksonville. Got to be getting close. Oh, man. Oh, I, uh, uh, another crack witch? Oh, I'm definitely in Jacksonville now. Yep, there I am. Show me to figure it out. Yeah, you, you don't even need nobody to tell you. You get off the freeway when you see your first stalled car. When you see your first stalled car that ain't running, oh, I'm, I'm in Jacksonville, ain't I? Yeah, I'm not in Central Florida or something. Oh, I'm in Jacksonville. That's my man. I sure am. Oh, I see some folks trying to push the, they trying to push that Tahoe out the street. I'm in Jacksonville. Got to be. So I'm just saying, folks, anybody who's actually been there knows she's full of crap and she's just lying. No shade on, no shade on Jacksonville. I got to tell the truth. And it gets worse when you get to Tallahassee. It gets worse when you get to Tallahassee. I'm Tallahassee, I'm sorry. I gotta... Between Jacksonville and Tallahassee, it's like, oh, we in that part. Oh, okay. Ain't, ain't a bunch of palm trees and hanging out here. We in that part. Got it. But in any case... This woman is sitting up here just lying. Talking about what she got. She's just lying. But she has to. She has to. Because she doesn't actually have a square to stand on. So Joy Reid brings her on so she can just start lying. But she's not bringing her on to inform you all of anything. So I just wanted to stop for a moment and have that interlude so I could go ahead and drop these invoices. That this woman is just lying through her ass. But don't expect Joy Reid to stop her or correct that. Look, folks, why do you think they got a lawyer up here talking? They're paid liars. Hell, she's an, she's a volunteer liar. She isn't even a paid one. She's a volunteer liar. You seeing that kind of reaction from Latinos? So I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. We tend to be a little bit more on the conservative side as a whole. Um, I do definitely believe, you know, Jacksonville is a bit of a purple city, if you will. Um, not quite uh, blue like Orlando or what Miami used to be, um, you know, prior to this past election. Um, but I definitely think, so having this experience with, you know, I've been doing immigration for nine years, working in immigration for 13 years. And I will tell you that the, um, particularly the Hispanic Latino immigrant, right? Because there's different types of immigrants. Yes. Um, in Jacksonville, for example, we have we are a majority minority city. Um, we have six to seven percent um, Asian population, almost eleven to twelve uh, Hispanic Latino, and thirty to thirty thirty three to thirty four um, African American Black. Oh, did you hear that? When she started breaking down the numbers, we're a majority minority city. Now she wants to lump us all together. We ain't illegal aliens, ma'am. Did you see how all of a sudden this lying lawyer wants to lump all of us together? We're not illegal aliens, Heifer. <laughs> you ain't lumping us together with you. We're not illegal. We can't be deported. All of a sudden she wants to yank all of us together. No, we're not. No, we're not. We ain't in the same boat. No, we're not. So, folks, do y'all see? Here she's coming with that marginalized community trap. 
Uh, we're a majority minority city in Jacksonville. Are the Latinos helping black folk do anything? Hell no. This majority minority city, are the Latinos helping black folk get anything done? What are the Latinos helping black folk get done in Jacksonville? Because I've been many a moon. Okay, I'm going through usually at 100 miles an hour, but you get the point. I beat my head out once or twice. Let me get out this gas station and see what's going on. But you show me where the Latinos are helping black folk in Jacksonville. So she's just basically freestyling off the top of the dome right now. In Orange City, um, we have six to seven percent, um, right? Because there's different types of immigrants. Yeah. Um, in Jacksonville, for example, we have we are a majority minority city. Um, we have six to seven percent um, Asian population, almost eleven to twelve uh, Hispanic Latino, and thirty to thirty thirty three to thirty four um, African American Black population. So we are. Okay, so now you see why she wants to bring in more illegals because she's like, hey, thirty percent of the city. 35, 37% of the city is black. We need to neutralize that black population. And Joy Reid, y'all got to understand, when you tell them a little weird-ass, bug-eyed, outside heifers like Joy Reid, Joy Reid has never been accepted among black people. She's just like Simone Sanders. Everybody can see she's a white ass kisser, so she ain't never had any support among black people. So as far as she's concerned, she's like Tim Scott. She's like the Tim Scotts or the Daniel Camerons. If I can't get no love among black folk, then to hell with black people. And I'll just go ahead and sink them. I'll use put my strength in the cause to sink them. Because she's never had any support among black people. There's nowhere she goes where there are young black people saying, boy, I wish I could be like Joy Reid when I grow up. <laughs> Ain't nobody saying that. She's never heard someone in the audience say, you're an inspiration to me. I wish I could be like you when I grow up. She doesn't get that kind of love. So as far as she's concerned, she's on a one-woman crusade to try to destroy black folk, and that's why NBC has hired her and retained her because they know what she's about. So, yeah, she's right there with the lawyer liar. Yeah, we need to get those black numbers down in Jacksonville. We need to lower those black numbers. We're actually a majority uh, minority city, but our politics don't reflect that. Um, but I, I, having already seen a couple of um, election cycles here, right? What I, what I can tell you is that the immigrant, particularly the Hispanic Latino immigrant, is not monolithic, right? They, they, they're not attached to one particular issue. And did you get that? The immigrant, particularly the Latino Hispanic immigrant. Whoa, did you see that? Did you all see what she just did there? The immigrants, specifically the Latino uh, Hispanic immigrants. Okay. She just signified who she's here for. Joy Reed's little sock puppet bottled head doll ass, sitting here looking stupid as hell. You saw how she, you saw what she just sat here and, and focused the conversation on. Did you see how she focused the conversation on? We flipped from majority minority city. We flipped from that to, by the way, what's in the best interest of the Latinos and Hispanics? Sitting right there in front of uh, Joy Reid's goofy ass Pillsbury Doe girl looking ass, right there in front of her. She ain't saying a damn thing. 
You know why? Because that's the side she's on. Seeing a couple of um, election cycles here, right? What I what I can tell you is that the immigrant, particularly the Hispanic Latino immigrant, is not monolithic, right? They they they're not attached to one particular issue, and um, because traditionally people have, you know, we come from countries where, where religion is a is a is a very strong it has a very strong um, uh, hold on our households. Um, they tend to vote for things that don't necessarily protect their immediate interests. Um, and so, and, and that's something that I started a nonprofit called Nefida that we're trying to work to educate the immigrant population on like, this is the way that our political system works. Um, this is how, you know, when you come to this country, you gotta leave aside your political baggage from your country. Unfortunately- Oh, shucky ducky, now did you hear that? We want to let them know that we do things different up here in Lawyer Liar Land. So you need to leave the way you did that. You need to leave that behind. Ma'am, if they're so great and wonderful, why they gotta leave anything behind? Do you see how she's condescending to them? There's something wrong with them, but she's like, bring them in by the boatload. So we need to bring them in, but then we need to educate them now. We do things differently here. Really? Boy, she's like a Latina mammy. Let me talk down to everyone. Um, and so, and, and that's something that I started a nonprofit called Nefida that we're trying to work to educate the immigrant population on like, this is the way that our political system works. Um, this is how, you know, when you come to this country, you gotta leave aside your political baggage from your country. Unfortunately, a lot of these immigrants that come from, uh, you know, uh, uh, like uh, states that have been very uh, polarized, where there's been a lot of um, corruption and collusion, um, they tend to vote a very specific way because they're trying to avoid having that here, not understanding yeah. how our constitution works, separation of powers, federalism. Um, you know, so we're- So she's talking as if Cubans and Puerto Ricans don't understand that they came to America and don't understand how American law works. Do you hear how absolutely egregiously dishonest this heifer is? that they came to America and don't know how American law works. What she's really saying is you're not doing what I want you to do. So let me come in and lie to you. Let me get a bunch of y'all together and lie to you and hopefully deceive you into voting against what you actually want. You should vote for my interest, not yours. So yeah, this is what's going on over there. This is what's going on over there. They feeling some kind of way. Joy Reid looking stupid as hell. And they're feeling some kind of way about it. Could have told you that was gonna happen. So going forward, man, I mean, they are upset. They're not mad at the big man because they're taking a look at what the future looks like. I told you all what it's going to be. This is what the future is going to be like. This is what the future is and what it's going to be like. I was sounding the alarm now over a decade ago. It's broken down exactly the way we told you. It happened exactly the way we told you. It happened exactly the way we said. So just go ahead and keep an eye on it there. Go ahead and keep an eye on it. They're trying to march. We're going to lump everybody together. Hell no. Keep us out of that. We're not part of no marginalized community. We're not part of that. This was Exhibit A. Now let me go ahead and show you Exhibit B. 
over there on Twitter, most of you may not have heard of this, but over there on Twitter, recently something came out here, and it's crazy as hell, Jamel. Crazy as hell, Jamel. Now, you take a look here at NYT Sports. It talks about the Dodgers caught off guard by the blowback to the decision to rescind a Pride Night invitation to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are internally discussing potential compromise solutions, according to a team official. Jamel Hill. Now, we'll get into this, but you know it's Pride Night, so this is an LGBT issue. Here comes Jamel Hill. Y'all, you got to understand, when your daughters have been raised around a bunch of promiscuous energy, if your daughter is caping this hard for something, that, a sexual practice that she doesn't engage in, that's because she engages in it. She just don't want to tell y'all. Jamel Hill said, just infuriating. Organizations want cool points for being allies, but when the heat comes, they cower. Newsflash, supporting marginalized groups means standing up to the people who prefer they not exist. It might cost you relationships. It might create animosity. If you're not willing to withstand that, keep your support. Well, they did. Why are you mad? Jason, what are you talking about? I'll show you what I'm talking about. The article here, let me see, okay. That off. In the article here, this is what they were talking about. From Fox Sports, Dodgers draw mixed reactions after severing ties with anti-Catholic drag organization. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence were to be honored at the event. Now, listen to what the story says. The Los Angeles Dodgers announced they will no longer honor an organization that has, was supposed to participate in its upcoming Pride Night. The Dodgers were going to include the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence in their June 16th Pride Night celebration. But after Senator Marco Rubio, after Senator Marco Rubio, after Senator Marco Rubio wrote a letter to the MLB regarding the group's anti-Christian sentiments, the team has backtracked. Quote, this event has become a meaningful tradition, highlighting not only the diversity and resilience within our fan base, but also the impactful work of extraordinary community groups, the Dodgers said in the statement. The Dodgers said, added that they were made aware that their inclusion with the SPI, Sisters of Professional Indulgence, became, quote, the source of some controversy. Quote, given the strong feelings of people who have been offended by the sisters' inclusion in our event and in an effort to distract from the great benefits that we have seen over the years of Pride Night, we are deciding to remove them from this year's group of honorees. So they're actually going to receive some honorary award. The decision received mixed reactions from fans, ranging from the Dodgers being celebrated for the move by Rubio to being called cowards. Quote, for once, common sense prevailed in California, Rubio said in the state in response to the team's statement. So you got to understand what happened here. Marco Rubio wrote a letter to the head of the MLB. That happened. Now, of course, some of your left-leaning newspapers said something different. This title right here is, is really dishonest. Dodgers dropped plans to honor Catholic hate group. No, it's not. They're not a Catholic hate group. They're anti-Catholic. This is from Rolling Stone. 
conservatives bullied L.A. Dodgers and dropping charity drag group from Pine Night. Y'all got to understand, Jeffrey Epstein had a lot of friends in the media. Jeffrey Epstein had a lot of friends in magazine publications. Jeffrey Epstein had a lot of friends in Hollywood. Jeffrey Epstein, those were his peeps. Hollywood, the corporate media, ABC, NBC, Silicon Valley, those are Jeffrey Epstein's peeps. Those are his people. What he was into, they are into. Jeffrey Epstein's people, they into the same stuff. Every form of sexual deviancy and degeneracy that you can possibly imagine, including children, animals, you name it. Those are his peeps. So when you see them coming out, write articles like this, just understand he had a lot of friends in the media. He had a whole lot of them. Now, what you're reading here is that the Dodgers dropped the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence from their event. That's what you're hearing. But I want to show you something else. While Jamel Hill wants to sit up here and lie about marginalized communities, this is why we as black people got to stay away from that damn marginalized communities talk. Don't bring that over here to us. Don't bring that to us. The reason why, I want to show you another article. Now that we've talked about how things ended, I want to show you how they got it done. This is from CatholicLeague.org. This is from CatholicLeague.org. This is their article. From right before the MLB announced they were going to do this, this is their article. Dodgers reward anti-Catholic hate speech by Bill Donahue. Now listen to what he says because you didn't hear any of this in any of those articles. Los Angeles Dodgers have besmirched their legacy of combating bigotry by partnering with LA Pride in awarding this year's Community Hero Award to an obscene anti-Catholic group, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. The award, which will be presented by Blue Shield of California, folks, your insurance companies, major corporations, your Fortune 500s, they are infested and overrun with sexual psycho degenerates. Told you. Celebrates the 10th annual LGBTQ night at Dodgers Stadium. In 1947, the Brooklyn Dodgers made history by naming Jackie Robinson <clears throat> to its roster. He was the first black man <clears throat> to play Major League this Baseball. Was now, now it is in the business up. of promoting bigotry, not fighting, by rewarding anti-Catholicism. The Dodgers have broken bread with the most despicable elements in American society today. The Catholic League has been the leading critic of this bigoted organization for decades. Don't believe the lie that the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence mean no harm. And don't believe the lie floated by Eric Braverman, a communications spokesman for the Dodgers, 
that this event is all about, quote, diversity and inclusion. On the contrary, it's about rewarding hate speech. These homosexual bigots are known for simulating sodomy while dressed as nuns. They like to feature a condom savior mask. One that describes how the, quote, latex host is the flesh for latex host is the flesh for the life of the world. The sisters go by such names as Sister Homo. I don't think I can say that word. Sister Joyous Reza. I won't say that one either because YouTube But you all can see the names on your screens. And this the LA Rolling Stone defending this. The Daily Mail trying to soft way defend this. These are your major media. Of course, you know, Joy Reid would be two thumbs up. Yeah, this is the folks that they defend. Y'all got to understand what they do out here, man. You got to understand what you do. You are dealing with dog-like individuals. They're not even human anymore. They're subhuman. This is dog-like behavior. Just last month, they held an event mocking our Blessed Mother and Jesus on Easter Sunday. I am writing to Rob Manfred, commissioner of MLB, about this unprovoked assault on Catholics. In his letter to Manfred, Senator Marco Rubio asked, quote, why are you allowing an MLB team to honor a group that mocks Christians through diabolical parodies of our faith? In my letter, I said that if a group of white boys in blackface, a modern-day Al Jolson ensemble, were to be honored by an MLB team, there is little doubt that the event would be canceled one and sanctions would be forthcoming. Yeah, everybody want to ride our coattails. Y'all got to understand, everybody wants to ride our coattails, the freedoms that we fought for, the defenses that we fought for, the changes in America's racist culture that we fought for and spearheaded. Everybody is getting the benefit of it except us. That's my point. I was just saying it because it was another. We fought for exactly the type of defense that Marco Rubio and Mr. Donahue are referring to, but we don't get those protections. We don't get those. Kid Rock is running around throwing money to defend white supremacist killers. We're not getting this this type of support and protection. These organizations aren't boycotting him like that. We're not getting this protection. Everybody else is getting protection from what we've done except us. Everybody else is not being allowed to be talked about and to be uh, impugned and insulted and folks verbally assaulting you. Everybody else is defended against that except us. Two years ago, it says Manfred was so angered about alleged voter irregularities in Georgia that he moved the All-Star game to Denver. Let's see how he reacts when Catholics are targeted. How do they react? They're acting like this. What's the point I'm making right now? What's the point that I'm making to you all? I'm going to tell you all right now. You got the Catholics on one side and you got Rubio here on the other. What I'm saying is that their representation 
This is what happens when your representation actually represents you. That's the point I'm trying to make. If you want to know what it means to have an organization that defends your interests, this is what it looks like and this is the results that you get when you have organizations that defend your interests. This is the reason why we told y'all, you want to talk about Dammy, the NAACP and NCOBRA and all these old jackass organizations, they ain't doing nothing for us. What the hell are you dropping a dime to them for? They ain't doing a damn thing for us. Nothing. The Urban League and all this mess, hell, the NAACP is defending everybody except black folk. Now, remember the white woman I showed y'all last year? She got beat up by the police. Here comes the NAACP. Excuse me. Excuse me. Y'all must be bored. This is what they're doing. This is what they're doing for their folk. I'm telling you, this is what it looks like. We don't have representation. And the folks that the corporate media pays to come out and, quote, represent us, take a look what they represent. Jamel Hill can go to hell on a hot dog sitting up here talking about marginalized groups and the marginalized group she wants to talk about is a bunch of stinking, reeking, sexual degenerates and saying, oh, we're in the same boat with them. Every time you turn around, this is that marginalized community trap. Every time you turn around, somebody's trying to lump us in with somebody else. They want other people to benefit from the civil rights and the cultural change that we created. If you all agree with what I'm saying here tonight, give me the black fist emoji in the chat room and hit the likes button. It's over 4,400 people in here live right now. Give me the black fist emoji in the chat room and hit the likes button. I want you all to understand that when you got folks who represent your interests, who actually get out there and back them, folks, didn't re did, did this require the Catholics to have any legislation? Did the Catholics need to get somebody to legislate anything? Did the Catholics have to get anybody to sit up here and pass a law, pass a bill, an executive order, a commission, a committee, a hearing? Did they have to do any of that? Hell no, because the folks who they need to be in good favor with, those folks know what they got to do. Those folks are proactive at the highest levels. They're proactive for them, and they get them results. Doesn't require a bunch of standing around and holding hands and marching and protesting and throwing rotten fruit and sitting up here making a fool of yourself and putting on stage plays and poetry slams. and That's not what you're dealing with here. If you got folks who actually advocate for you, this is what it looks like when you got folks who truly advocate for you. You get results that look like this. And by the way, 
Yet the Catholic League described Catholics as a marginalized community. Now, did you? Did you then say that? Didn't hear him say that. Anyone who doubts the influence of the Catholic Church to this day has obviously not been paying attention. If you are doubting the influence of the Catholic Church to this day, you don't let people drop you off in some marginalized community bag and you are actually allowed to do what you got to do. It looks like this. It looks like this. We don't have any such group in black America. We don't have it. Because every time we turn around, we keep letting folks tell us that we're part of marginalized community. What the hell is that? We ain't a part of nothing. The Catholics got what they wanted specifically for Catholic people. Specifically for Catholic people. They got what they wanted specifically for Catholics by standing up for themselves as Catholics. So when you have somebody coming to you talking about marginalized community, they throwing you a trick bag. They want to get to be able to sponge off of your influence and then go take the benefits somewhere else. They'll sit here and tell you, oh, this is going to be for everybody, but then it's going to be for, they're going to pick up the benefits and grab it and go march it off on their side of town. And then tell you, oh, well, maybe next time. Then when you come up talking about what you are in need of and that your needs and your demands and your wants have been ignored, the folks who set up here in marginalized community people, you ain't going to have nothing to say. They're not going to be there to reinforce that. Do not let anyone drag you off into the marginalized community trap. It is a trap. Don't fall for it. It's a trap. I'm just showing you examples tonight of exactly why we do not accept it and why we avoid it. Not going to have it. However, some of you might disagree. Therefore, the telephone lines are now open. The number is 646-787-1933. 646-787-1933. Your personal access code to the Lagos Radio Program in existence, the only one of this kind on planet Earth today. I would like to thank everyone, everyone, and I do mean everybody who has contributed to support tonight's program on PayPal, Cash App, Super Chat. Big shout out here to Andrea Roberson in the Super Chat. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, to my man, Tommy Felix, as always, first on deck here. B1 Militia, Portland, Oregon. Thank you very much for your support. And please keep in mind here, especially the folks here in the Super Chat, um, please remember YouTube keeps one-third of everything that you give. So if you gave $100, you just gave the Google Corporation $33 of that. So do keep that in mind. If you do want to contribute, you are encouraged, though not required, to uh, definitely utilize PayPal, Cash App, uh, Venmo, you definitely have options in that regard, but no matter what you do, thank you very much for your support. Big shout out to my man, uh, Mr. Richburg, and to a Brenda Star as well. We're going to take a very brief commercial, non-commercial break. When we come back, we'll get to your phone calls and more. This is the Black Channel.
Are you ready to take the next step in your career and business? With Hyatt Life Recruiting and Consulting, you can get the help you need to reach your goals. Our experience has spanned multiple industries, giving us the ability to source oh, talent across various fields. We specialize in staff and high-tech industries. No, we are ingredients that have been recruiting and professional services. Yeah, Our services include career consulting, resume writing, LinkedIn consulting, interviewing, lead generation, Use their I got to wait. I got 
Hi, this is Brenda Starr, creator of Poetry with a Purpose and author of the book, Press But Not Crushed. Press But Not Crushed is an anthology of political poems that address current and historical issues in American descendants of slave population and African-American population. The book describes slavery and its residuals, Jim Crow segregation, social depredation, and other relevant issues to American descendants of slaves and African-Americans, including the current political climate that does not address our issues. So isn't that just, it's me too. So it's just- This is the Black Channel. I am you your host, your mother, your humble servant. The Black Authority it. and the telephone uh, lines are now open. The number is 646 your personal access code to the Blackest Radio Program in existence, the only one of this kind on planet Earth today. Big shout out here to my man, B. Benny. B. Benny's been supporting the program here for a while. So I want to be a big shout out here to B. Benny as always. I see you. I hear you. Thank you very much for your support as always, and it is appreciated. Let's go ahead and see if we can crank up the phone lines here. Let me get caller from area code 425. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Okay, one phone call per weekend. One phone call per weekend, folks. If you call on Saturday, wait till next week. We got other folks who want to talk. So one phone call per weekend. Thank you very much. Let me get called here. Code eight four three. You're on live. Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Okay, call code 843, must be worried. Call code 323, you're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, good evening, brother. Jason, brother Elijah, calling out of Hollywood. My brother Elijah, what's on your mind? He don't miss a week at all. I got a crazy question for you. I've been listening to tonight's program. All right? Well, like I say, that, that that's I'm a slippery slope and that's a problem too, because you can dump them off in New York City. And it would be different if New York City were a different nation or a different country, but it's not. There are interstates all over America that correct connecting to this rogue state. So New York and California are not just states anymore, they're rogue states. You can bring in the illegal there, they send them up, make sure they're viable and good. Next thing you know, the illegals hit the freeway or the airlines heading somewhere else. So it'd be different if you send them there, isolate them, but yeah, sending them to yeah, New York yeah, is not deporting them. Sending them to New York is relocating them. So what you really need to do is make sure, and all this can be stopped. They just go to the white men who are paying and paying to bring them here, finance them when they get here, give them jobs. If you arrest them, it stops tomorrow. So you're kind of stuck between the devil and the deep white sea. It's kind of what you're stuck between. But uh, definitely they're doing something to make sure they spread the pain around for it. Sure. 
Um, the idea is to just start slowly upping the numbers. And I told you all this before. I told you all years ago what Biden and them were going to do. They're going to lend in a few million and then all of a sudden jump up and start stopping them, which is what they're doing now. And then they're going to come back in a few more years and do it again. So this is about letting them in in a staggered way. Because if you keep doing what you're doing, you know, you're trying to go through elections with that, and then you wind up getting kicked out of office. So they're trying to let them in in a staggered type of way. That's what you're witnessing. So they're bringing them in in, in, in jolts, in, in, in spurts. Thank you very much for giving us a call tonight. Let me get Color Miracle 929. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Okay, Color Miracle 929 has been abducted. Call me your code 843. Last try. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? What are you calling from? Hey, this is Phil from Buford, South Carolina. Phil from Buford, South Carolina. Phil, haven't you exhausted your entertainment value on my program? Mr. Coon. Now, I wanted to talk about North Carolina. Okay. Phil, haven't you, ex- have, didn't I previously tell you that you exhausted your entertainment value on my program? Let me explain to you what exhausted means. Exhausted means there's nothing else there. That's what exhausted means. So, since Phil is a bit slow on things, folks, exhausted means you have run out. And that, that's what exhausted means. Maybe they're getting called. No, nigga, no. If I remember correctly, the last time I spoke to him, I told him we didn't need him to call me. So in any case, there's, there's only so much coonery that we can we can tolerate here. We ain't really looking for metric tons of it. We're not looking for people to sit up here and bring us metric tons of it. Let me get uh, caller here in code 803. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? We got some weird things happening on the phone lines here tonight for some strange reason. I'll try one more. If you're still messing up, we're just going to shut it down tonight. Let me get Call of Miracle 706 on live on Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Um, Tiffany White, from Augusta, Georgia. Okay, what's your name again? I'm scared. I picked that up over there. Okay, Tiffany, you're calling from Augusta, and what is your name? Claim any race you want to claim, 
for me as a black woman, you can't consider yourself a person of color because you're not going through oppression. What you saying is going through is prejudice. What we're going through is racism. So long story short, you know, he got his feelings hurt and you know, and then you know, he went on to saying insults, saying, you know, that's why the black community is the way that it is. The black community is the way that it is because we integrated. We integrated with white people and Spanish people, let everybody else into our community and that is what's sucking all of our funds and everything. And also the fact that it's redlined, they find out, you know, where all the black people are and they don't put no funds into it. And you know, well, definitely when you told him something he didn't want to hear. Interesting how the real thing came out. As soon as you say something you don't want to hear, the real thing pokes his head out then. All of a sudden he's dropped the beer all of this together and all of a sudden this this was wrong with you people. So like I say, as soon as they get into a position, they start acting like the Anglos. Call America code 941. You're on live. Black channel, what's your name? Oh, yes, how you doing? Monte, out of way of Birmingham, now in South Florida. All right, Monte, what's on your mind? Well, you say South Florida. Oh, yes, sir. Okay, you say South Florida. I'm right in mean, South Florida. <laughs> uh, the Miami Hollywood. Okay. Would you like to yes, call sir. back? Would you like to call back when you figure out where you are, sir? Well, it, 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 it's, it's, it's crazy. The way the geographical is crazy. But um, I just want to add. Call America 612. You're online. Black channel, what's your name? Where you calling? Why is it so hard to say where you're from? All right, Mike from Minneapolis, what's on your mind? Yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, as, uh, as an immigrant to this country, I just observation. Just the general situation here, it can be applied specifically to black people, but it can be more applicable to the nation as a whole. And it has to do with the fact that people have this. You call it a victim mindset or this, this idea that they're being marginalized, but in reality, because of their lack of perspective, they don't actually see what they really have. And the idea that people in America are being oppressed is, to me, is actually crazy when you look at it from a historical and global perspective. Okay, so where, where are you from originally? Ethiopia. Okay. Uh, yeah, Why are you in North America if your folks are from Ethiopia? Because this is the land with the most economic opportunity in the world. Why in Ethiopia has more natural resources than America, so why are you not there? Oh, there's more natural resources. We beg to differ okay. with that, but sorry, sir, sorry. what created uh, the economic opportunities in America? A lot of factors. The number one thing that they have here is they have an economy that allows for Okay, sir, what what, what, sir, what developed that what developed the American economy? This is basic American history, sir. When did the American economy yeah, begin? Have, when did the American economy, the American economy begin? boomed during the late eighteen hundreds? No, sir. No, sir, not boomed. Not only boomed, when did the American economy begin? Well, it began when the country began, but I'm saying... No, sir, okay, sir, then basically what, what you're saying is you're completely ignorant, brain-dead, and clueless about the basic American history. I'm not ignorant, And sir. yet you're yeah, trying you to pretend true. that you know... That sounds like the same motherfucker that was in the White House. I didn't claim to know all of American history. Sir, America's economy, sir, America's economy, sir, we're not going to talk about the host here. I want you to get Sally Struthers to come get you a bowl of rice so you can just listen. 
America's economy did not begin to develop until the agrarian economy was industrialized. That was what made America economically viable. We'll start with the tobacco products, and then we will serve. Be quiet, sir. Be quiet. You're here to learn. Be quiet, Mufume. You're here to learn. Sir, be quiet, or you're going to be muted, Mufume. Yeah. You just tell the world what you knew and you did. You're stupid. Don't know anything. Okay. Infume is going to be quiet here for a moment. So Sally Struthers, come get your, come get your kid. America's economy began as an agrarian economy. Bottom line, period, end of discussion. It began as an agrarian economy. If you're going to build an agrarian economy in the 1600s, you don't need workers. And that's the bottom line. It doesn't happen if you don't have that. America chose to go the slave route, and the rest is history. From tobacco to cotton to sugar, we can keep going. America became the world's place to get those things. Starting in the 1600s, booming in the 1700s, booming in the 1800s, booming in the 1900s. Now, Ethiopia, by many measures, could have the exact same thing. There's something missing in Ethiopia. Now, there's the real issue is something is missing in Ethiopia because you see, it, and we as the freedmen and foundationals, we built this agrarian economy. There wasn't an, an, an economy in America until we built it. Now you look at Ethiopia, hey, why ain't y'all built it? There's better economic opportunity in the area that you built. Yeah, but I'm asking you, if you're such a scholar about this, you understand so much. Why is it you ain't built nothing in Ethiopia? Why haven't you built the economy in Ethiopia? You're changing the subject. No, we're not. We're keeping the subject right where it is. We're keeping it right where it is. Because you see, when you ask him why they haven't built an economy in Ethiopia, he's then going to tell you, well, we is oppressed in Ethiopia. Can't you see we's oppressed? Well, we're oppressed in North America. We didn't pick up, grab our surfboards, and flee. We stood and we fought and we fought for, we have been fighting now for hundreds of years, not a decade through some penny any civil war. We've been fighting for hundreds of years. That's the difference between Ethiopia and black people, the descendants of the slaves in America. We acknowledge that oppression exists and we fight it. They acknowledge the oppression exists and then they get to flapping their feet. That's all you hear. When they hear oppression, who are you gonna Feet just flapping. When we see oppression, we stand, we fight. When they see oppression, everybody makes out like Usain Bolt.
it becomes a big ass track meet. Fifty thousand niggas sitting up here trotting through the desert fast as they can. What great black stars say the, the flint like the Flintstones? Yeah. As soon as they see trouble, everybody becomes damn me Barney Rubble. All you hear is foot flesh flapping on the floor. Then they get over here where it's safe. I don't see no oppression. Uh, there is no oppression here. Why you say that? Y'all know what his thing is. Why are you so upset? You have plenty of white women. He done come from Ethiopia with his hairline looking like a bowl of ravioli from Chef Boyardee. Telling us, hey man, you got white women and cell phones. What you mean you're oppressed? He's like, nigga, you got it made. You got white women and track phones. What you got to complain about? He wasn't even offended when I said Sally Struthers. Hey man, Sally Struthers, he's gonna talk to you. She is? Ooh, let me come ahead. <laughs> I look straight up. I wear my best turquoise jacket. Bro, you can dig yourself and She's a white woman, isn't she? In, back in my village. Call America 214. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where you calling from? How you doing today, Jason? Um, this is Black Wall Street out of Dallas, by the way, in Shreveport, Louisiana. All right, Black Wall Street out of Dallas. What's on your mind? I was just um, hearing what you said. Um, you, you speak so eloquently about this situation and about what's going on. So I want to. I just want to throw my hands up to you, man. I really appreciate it. I, I really learned a lot from this show, man, from this broadcast. From this broadcast. I learned a lot, and I just want to thank you. Yep. My question was, is the other groups who are just vying for this 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 um this this white you know this white title you know not 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 white title but you you know you said they have you know been grafted a lot of acclaim you know when they come in and they do their race and all that stuff they claim they claim themselves white and all that type of stuff can't they see by what we've been through for the last three hundred years in America that there is no peaceful end to it? Well, no, because. I mean, I just, their experience is not our experience. You've got to understand when you're dealing with China and the Oriental areas there, and I want to say Oriental, when you're dealing with the Oriental areas, their experience is not ours. You're dealing with areas there that had a lot of internal conflicts, but they didn't really have to slug it out with the Europeans. The Europeans didn't really colonize Asia the way that they came, you know, eye knives out and black folk. They didn't do that there. And as far as the Latinos and whatnot, I've told you all for over a decade, you're dealing with two European cultures. So when you're talking about the Anglos and the so-called Latinos, that's why I said over a decade ago, these folks, they come here to America and they consider themselves to be Spaniards. They consider themselves to be dark-skinned Spaniards. So you're either a dark-skinned Spaniard 
or a light-skinned Spaniard. That's the way that they see themselves. And as time has gone on, you're starting to see that ethnically now they're culturally starting to identify with, with the Spaniard thing openly now, which is what I said over a decade ago. And it's bearing out exactly the way I said. So when you want to understand why it is that they're not taking the same, you know, the same volatile reaction to it that we do is because these are two European cultures that are quibbling over nuances. But with the exception of their language, tell me, what's the difference between a Mexican and an Irish person with the exception of their languages? They're staunch Catholics, so the religious component is there. If they look like Jessica Alba or Ava Longoria, the phenotype is there. You might not find any redheads, although you can find some redheads. <laughs> Certainly, you can find some blonde. So you can find some blonde Latinos. That's not hard at all. You, know, you get a Canelo Alvarez or something. You find some blonde Latinos. It's not a big problem. But when you start taking a look at the religion, the phenotype, drawing their heritage back to a specific geographic location in the world, and cultures that engaged in empire building and colonization. Many of their so-called heroes come from that background. So you start seeing the parallels are incredibly striking. So we as black people keep trying to convert these folks into a quote minority like us. And the reality is really just a situation where when it's economically convenient, Anglo society inducts everybody. But when it's no longer economically convenient, then they start voting people off the island. But the bottom line is, as long as they control the power and the wealth and influence, these other groups who have the ability to pass start jockeying for position to pass. So what you're really looking at is about a bunch of cultures, European cultures, who are they're like, okay, you're not exactly white European and you're not white enough. So now it just becomes a knife fight to get accepted on white terms. That's what it is. So my my thing is with that said, which you thank you for that. What if, so say if they do complete their plan and they just uh, totally wipe out black people. And they're all they're all fighting for a seat in the big house, and many of them think that they've earned a seat in the big house and they think they've accomplished getting a seat in the big house. Shout out Marco Rubio. So no, sir. The answer is no. Many of them have been accepted. Now, they're not in real positions of power. But no, sir, Ted Cruz. Go down the list. No, sir, they, 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 white folks are somebody that we talk about. These are folks they talk to. They might have her call up. So their experience with Anglos is radically different from our experience with them. It doesn't mean that they've been gotten equity. It doesn't mean they're peers. But their experience with the Anglos has been markedly different than ours just like the Asians. Their experience with the Anglos has been markedly different from ours. You got to dig Like I say, as you all know, I interviewed Richard Spencer. Richard Spencer's had an Asian girlfriend, straight up Asian girlfriend. Here he is espousing the most vicious, vitriolic, anti-black racism you can imagine. And that man had an Asian girlfriend. So what he's telling you is that that's not incompatible. That's what they're saying. And we can show you a bunch of others, by the way. He's not the only one. There's a bunch of the others who got 
non-white women on their arms. But that's because their history with the Asians has been different. Everything is measured against black people. So black is completely yeah. unacceptable and everything else has varying degrees of acceptability. That's what black folk got to do their heads. We're the ones who are completely persona non grata. It's a zero non-starter no matter what we say. With these other folks, they got a system in place that says, well, you know, eh, there's varying degrees of acceptability. Oh, so you understand that? You understand the real games being played and why it so is that we can never win. But these course, other folks could maybe navigate themselves into a favorable position, though never at the top. They'll never get that far. Thank you very much for giving us a call. Let me get called Mary Code 702. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where you calling? Got there. You can't bring no gun over there. Fuck that. I don't know. How you doing? Oh, no, not if you're making that. How you doing, Jason? Okay, let's go Las Vegas. What's on your mind? You always got some fuckery and shit going on. Jason, man, I'm reading the article here today, man, from Washington Post, man, from May 18th. It says in black land Compton, a Latino majority fights for political power. It says 40 years ago, the city population was 74% black. Now Compton is 70% Latino. 70% Latino is Compton. They want political power in Compton. They say that they're not represented. They never had a black, they never had a Latino mayor in Compton. They say they deserve more representation because the, the city is not black. But black politics really, really. What the fuck are you Puerto Ricans here, and they see themselves as white. My cousin admits that both of her relatives 
you know, they bought it. Right here, what next? And local one, the people in the Puerto Rican that live on Puerto Rican, you know, they have the hurricane. But Donald Trump is crap on them. It's still voting for him. So, yeah, exactly. Get this, we got. And only something else that benefits them. And, you know, people forget outside of Orlando, Miami. Maybe Tampa. It's very redneckish. Very redneckish. So you only know how that goes. Yeah, like I said, a decade ago, I was warning everyone about this. I was sounding the alarm. Nobody wants to say anything. I said, by the way, I don't say the word Latino. You not really need to start asking how do they identify because they're using the word Latino. I'm telling you, I haven't been in Texas and other places. I'm like, they identify you. feel better with Thank you very much for giving us a call. Let me get called here. Code 734. You're online. Black Channel. Let me deal with that. Hey, Jason, this is Trey calling from Detroit, Michigan. And um, I was just calling because. Um, so I, I, I heard you talk about the Hispanics identifying as white, but is there, I know they, I think that do the Republicans and Democrats, do they see a difference between a Spanish or a Marco Rio? Ted Cruz, he looks like a Castilian, he looks like a straight white man. That's And then Rubio, he looks like he's brown. So is there even separation? And is the Republicans, are they separation? To answer your question, there's no difference Because how black people are doing 
how black people specifically are prospering. That is the metric that white society uses to determine whether or not their power is sovereign. Not how Asians are doing, not how Latinos are doing, not how Indians, Arabs, or anyone else are doing, specifically black people. As long as black people are down, out, and dominated, whiteness must be working. If black people are not down, out, and dominated, something's wrong. So remember, we are the metric they use, not any of these other groups, none of them. They don't apply. No, baby, we're no. the only one that indicates to the whether or not white supremacy is whole and intact. Thank you very much for giving us a call. Let me get called America 619. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where you come from? Uh, Cat on out of Riverside, California. Cat's out of Riverside. What's going on, Jason? Um, first and foremost, um, I'm actually um, just uh, jumping on your little YouTube channel right now. So I'm a little mm-hmm. late. I'm just a little but I hear that the discussion is talking about immigration or immigrants. He's a tether. I'm a California native, born and raised. I, I, I ventured outside of the state, but I will say, as far as California is concerned, everywhere has been replaced with Mexicans. I don't care if you're a Riverside County. Orange County, Los Angeles County, every single neighborhood, damn near, is Mexico. The same is, it, it, it can be said for Arizona and Las Vegas, you know, I'm sure many other states. As far as California, there is no black and brown unity. I've heard this uh, black and brown coalition. The thing is, black people love everybody more than they love themselves. So they have open arms for all the minority groups, the Mexicans, the Asians. The problem is the Mexicans and the Asians are in it solely for themselves, solely for the people. How dare our people are too damn goofy to understand what's really going on and what's really being played. Where are your your people from originally? Well, my grandma, she, she was born in Los Angeles, and then before that, uh, we come from down south, so down south. I can trace my lineage. And that's a giant. Down south is a giant piece of geography. Be a little more specific. Okay, well, down south. Yeah, I'm uh, Mississippi. Like I said, he has I the stutter. Think about that. Uh, Sounds like he's gonna add a on the fly. You called in, sir. I couldn't. Yeah, living on what fly? Okay. When you called in, sir, I couldn't help but notice that you referred to our programmers, our booked little YouTube channel. And I was just curious to whether or not this stroke was little, sir. Okay. First and foremost, um, I think you kind of taken like my, my words out of context, and my, my and I apologize if I called the channel small. I'm pretty good um, about the I'm, English language. I'm, I'm actually pretty good about that, believe it or not. It might not sound like it. I'm actually pretty good about the English language. I cannot no, be taken out of context true. if I'm repeating your words. Now, if I'm distorting your okay, words, like, like I okay, sir, sir, don't talk over the host. Sir, we don't talk over the host. We are, you are in among civilized people here, sir. We don't speak over the host here. We don't do that. Okay, that's 
Now, on some yeah, other, well, on some was, other little YouTube channel, no sir, I'm going to say this one last time. Sir, I'm going to say this one last time to you because you're all, you are actually very disrespectful. We do not speak when the host is talking. Yeah. We do not speak at all when okay, the host is on. talking. So if the host is talking, the callers get quiet. To go People can hear what's going okay, on. Okay, well, let me know when I can speak. Okay, that's fine. Let me know when I can speak. Here's when you can speak. When's your next birthday? You can Listen, speak. I was going on you can speak then. You can speak on your next birthday. <laughs> now, I didn't say you can speak to me, but you can speak on your next birthday. You can talk all your life. I didn't say you'd be able to talk to me. California, California, California. California. Next call. Call America 417. <laughs> you're on live. Black Channel, what's your name? Where you going, bro? Alex, you Okay, what's on your mind? Yes, yes, you know, back to this, you know, the situation with this influx of immigrants, especially from the south of the border. I want you all to, I want you all to start adjusting your vocabularies a little bit. These are not immigrants, they're illegal aliens. The news media, the corporate media, academia, and everyone else for the last decade and a half, two decades, has been trying to bully and bludgeon everyone to rename them and to say, oh, they're not illegals, they're immigrants. That's the same as saying that the Europeans are not colonizers or invaders. They are long lost relatives. They are visitors. Yeah, they were visitors to Africa. Well, that's not slave trade. That was uh, the transatlantic passage, transatlantic voyage. What were they voyaging as? Well, we don't talk about that. So everyone here, I'd like us to take a moment to debrief ourselves and unbrainwash ourselves. They bullied you all to, to co-opt and say, well, just call them immigrants. If they didn't fill out paperwork to apply to come here, if that paperwork was not approved, that's not an immigrant, that's a trespasser. So I'd like us to take out a little bit of time to cleanse our minds and untangle that stew because this isn't reality, it's not true. Folks, if they can bully you into calling illegal aliens immigrants, next thing you know, this is how you end up with, oh, that's not a boy, that's a girl. That's a trans girl, don't you mean? Oh, no, that's a girl. Okay. Anyway, the problem we have yeah. is that if you come watch the criminal perfect example of that, just name the wind twist, and that other guy from the Power Boys. No, Sunday. After Saturday, Saturday all this new week. Yes, on Sunday. No, I didn't. I didn't have no peppers at all this week. I was good. Yeah, Caller Mary Code 559, you're on live. Black Channel, what's your name? What do you call me? What's up, Jason? This is Martin. I'm calling from California, Central Valley. Okay. Martin from the Central Valley of California. Where exactly at, sir? Thank you. I don't know why folks are so scared to say where they are. I don't know why they're so terrified. I don't know what you all are so terrified of. Somebody's threatening you. Let me know. I'll get them off your back. What's on your mind? 
Yeah. I was online just real quick, Jay. Uh, great, great broadcast today. Um, really appreciate it. The insight. Um, keep it brief. Basically, to land the plane and just keep it brief. Sometimes, I mean, even as a black man myself, sometimes it, it, it gets a little bit difficult because the amount of um, the, 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 the amount of force and the amount of effort they put into confusing us. I just want to say this, keep it simple. I think as black people, we are waiting for everybody to say, look, it's a prank. Everybody's going to come out if you have the grocery store, driving while black, grocery shopping, whatever it is at work. We're just like, wait for everybody to come out and say, prank. It's not a prank. This is real. This is how they behave. That's all I got to say for today. Thank you, Jason. Thank you very much for giving us a call tonight. Let me get caller from area code 662. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where you calling from? Yes, Jason. This is Aaron calling from Tupelo, Mississippi. Aaron from Tupelo, what's on your mind? What I was saying, yeah. Um, if you look at that picture of that lady, you know, without her saying anything, you really couldn't tell that she was Italian or Sicilian. You know what I'm saying? She paid, She can pass for a European maybe an Eastern one, but she can pass for a European. But uh I don't think I mean, well she can he, definitely you know, a, she can definitely pass and she she and obviously she looks European because her roots are European. What you're really saying is whether or not right. she can pass for Northern European. I mean but she can pass for mm-hmm. Russian. There's a bunch of different actual ethnicities up there that she can actually pass for. So when you realize right. that and you realize that the way she gets treated by white folks or Anglos is radically different from the rest of us. If she wears the right makeup, does her hair the right way, yeah, she can get all kinds of, she can get, she can get a pass. She can get a pass. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a show that's out, it's called uh, The Sun, and um, it tells the story about Texas and um, how Texas was made and stuff like that, and, and it was the frontiers. It was battling the Indians, and uh, um, it was battling the Mexicans as well. But when they addressed when the when the whites was fighting the Mexicans, they never addressed them as Mexicans. What they addressed them as was conquistadors. And anybody know what conquistadors? They were saying they were Spanish, and they acted like the Spanish because they were killing the Indians just as much as the white people were killing the Indians. And they was oppressing the black people just as much as the white people was oppressing the black people. And the whites and the Mexicans, they wasn't fighting each other over race. They was fighting over land. But they was killing everything else. Like the Mexicans, the Indians and the black people, they was killing them because of their race. So they was, they was on one accord when it came to, you know what I'm saying, what they needed to do to do the ethnic clean, cleansing of the land. And then they decided to fight each other for it once they yeah, I mean, it was always a, it was always a yeah. little bit different. Before you get to the colonization of North America proper, before you get to that, you go back a thousand years. You know, when you start talking about uh when you go back further than that, you start talking about, for example, the Roman Empire. War was an economy. Mm-hmm. Agrarian they didn't have an agrarian economy, they had a war economy. Their economy was to conquer other places. If you want to talk about the conquistadors, for example, anybody who's seen the movie Apocalypto, at the end of it, you know, if you want to start talking about the Europeans branching out and taking things over. So war was their economy. 
before we get to, you know, then you get to mercantilism and then later capitalism. Capital, capitalism proper, as we understand it now, is only a few hundred years old. Capitalism proper, as we understand it now, is not thousands of years old, it's only a few hundred years old. Before that was mercantilism, which had a lot of similarities to it, was not the same. But before then, oh, it's more was the economy. So when they talk about empire building, that was just another word for conquer. We're going to go over there and do that. That's what they've been around the world doing that. France. France didn't build anything. France didn't make anything. France, Napoleon, they got they, they perfected the art of taking up old stuff and calling that economy building. And that was a wartime economy. You want to get rich, you go take other people's stuff. That's what it was. Then when you get to North America, now you've really kicked off the agrarian economy. The world did not have a proper agrarian economy until North America is popular. Europe was not feeding other nations. Africa was not feeding other nations. Asia, Russia, India, they were not feeding other nations. You get to North America, now you've got an agrarian economy that is supplying the world with its tobacco, supplying the world with its clothing, cotton, supplying the world with its food, corn, sugar, wheat. Now you got one place that's exporting these gigantic amounts to the point that bankers and businessmen in Europe and France were making money off of what was happening on the other side of the world on property they owned on the other side of the world. Now that's an agrarian economy. So just think about that for a few moments, the differences between those two things right there. The folks before that made their money conquering people, taking their stuff they got, perfecting the art of killing people in mass, because that's how you take over large areas of land. We clear them out, we kill them all, we clear them out, we come get what they got. That's how you ended up with the buffalo in America that used to cover three states. Now they don't. First order of business, clear everybody out. Take, mm-hmm. take the hides, take the fur. Oh, kill as many of those folks as you can. The trail of tears, relocate them. But the unspoken part about that that people don't keep in mind is the relocation of the uh, so-called Native Americans was specifically to make room for all the white folk that they were going to bring over. There's their white so-called immigrants they were bringing over. Move these Native Americans further right. west so we can make room in the east for all the white folks we're going to bring over here to, quote, settle the land. So now you have this transition from this conquering war economy to this full-blown agrarian economy that, as you pointed out very well, requires the relocation and even outright extermination of the undesirable. I'll let you have the last word. And that's, I mean, that's, and that's exactly what happened. You know what I'm saying? Because I was just watching, I said, man, they are killing these white folks left and right. But at the end of the day, they ended up losing because they kept on pumping them. They kept on pumping white folks out. You know what I'm saying? They was getting off the boats. They were sending them with. They were getting off the boats, sending them with. I really, they just ran out of people. They just ran out of people. They just ran out of exactly you had an entire you had an entire continent flooding into a state 
Think of it like that. And you have a whole continent of living to win it. And that's why I see what they're doing now with the with the South Americans and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? We getting them out of there, but they study pumping them. They coming, they coming from El Salvador. They coming from Mexico. They coming from all over. You know what I'm saying? They coming from all Colombia, to the point where you know all over. You ain't gonna be able to get them rid of them all because you know what I'm saying. Once they have their kids, their generation is already here. They already on step foot. So, you know what I'm saying? If daddy do something wrong, you know what I'm saying? If he don't want to vote the right way, we get rid of daddy. Yeah, you get rid of the baby lodge. And then we just going to pump his head full of all kind of junk and stuff like that. Like, they pump our kids full of stuff. And then, you know, then we're going to get them to go our way. You know what I'm saying? But we don't need daddy. If daddy don't want to get right, mama don't want to get right, she's making you go. And then we'll just go with the kid. Well, the real thing is, when you bring over a fresh group of new people, those people are starting at the bottom. I know that bitch ain't got no Starting in the middle, starting at the bottom. Wearing that Typically speaking, it takes about two generations before the family is able to get to the middle class. Now, getting to the middle class has never been harder than ever. Why are they bringing over so many new people? Because those new people must start at the bottom. Those new people starting at the bottom are going to take specific jobs in specific places. Remember, I taught you all this, I posted about this on Facebook here a few weeks ago, that a properly running capitalistic system, and this is something black, most black folk can't wrap their heads around, it's true. Take a look at it anywhere. A properly running capitalistic system requires poor people just as much as it requires wealthy people. As a matter of fact, I would submit to you that a population of poor people is more important than wealthy people. Uh, a properly running capitalist, capitalist system must have poor people. It must. It must have people at the bottom. Preferably, the overwhelming majority of your population is at the bottom. Preferably. Because those people will have no choice but to contribute the majority of their energy towards the system. In other words, filtering that towards the top. They'll have no choice. So you can have Las Vegas, which has got all these multi-billion dollar developments, multi-million dollar casinos, but the biggest thing they want in Las Vegas is housekeepers, to the point that they got a damn union. The biggest thing they want is housekeepers, yeah. landscapers, the entry-level workers. That's what they want. Amazon, I've, I've said this once here on my program, i said it a dozen times, Amazon's business model is based on entry-level employees. Amazon didn't really kick off to become a major economic power until the rise of their fulfillment centers. That's when Amazon becomes what it is today. That's where the real majority of their money and wealth came from is the fulfillment centers. But their business plan for their fulfillment centers is what? Entry-level people who will work for the corporation for two to maybe three years and then leave which means that you are going to need a constant, steady stream of entry-level people at the bottom who are never going to get rich, who will never get rich working at Amazon's fulfillment center. I don't care how many hours you work or how many overtime hours you work. You'll never get rich working at Amazon fulfillment center. You'll never get rich making the, bed, the beds and the tables and cleaning the tables and stuff at Caesar's Palace or MGM Grand. It's never going to happen. So with that understanding, then now you see that the poor 
are just as essential to the equation as the rich are. Black people are a poor population, but we are a poor population in revolt. That's the problem. Yeah, they're poor, but they're discontent. These other folks are coming over here with hat in hand. So a think about Michael Bloomberg. Does Michael Bloomberg type strike you as the kind of guy who would displace 20 million people if it keeps him rich? Hell yes. So those are the yeah. folks that you're really dealing with, and that's the mentality that they really have. You and I on this side of the equation don't like that. When you consider that Michael Bloomberg is a white Jewish person, he's had to prosper as a minority wherever they are. So they're used to the idea of operating as a powerful, influential minority anywhere and everywhere they go. So you threatening them with they gonna replace us or outnumber us, that's not a threat to them. They live this way. Now, the rest of Anglo society with the exception of South Africa, Anglos, they, 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 they did so much slaughtering and killing and replacing folk that nowadays they don't think of it themselves that way. But their forefathers did. Today, it's only South Africa. South Africa is really the only place where you have a minority white population. Oh, it's a minority white population that is ruling over everybody else. So this is going to be, an, an, as far as the elites, in Washington and the elites in New York and whatnot, as far as they're concerned, take into account the cinema calculation. You all need to remember this, because I know this, Dr. Claude Anderson probably knows this, and anybody with Think Tank knows this. Their cynical calculation is we need to bring over all the illegals, the browning of the population. We need to do that now while we still run everything. If you're going to institute a permanent system that makes sure that things freeze in place and the power stays like it is, you better do it now while you're still 100% in charge and you still completely run everything. So you can decide and dictate where everyone's going to be and where everyone's going to fall in the pecking order. There'll be a few black folk who prosper never as much as us. There'll be a few Latinos who prosper, never as much as us. There'll be a few Asians, never as much as us. But if you're going to do that, you can't wait until they've all gotten superior numbers and then they can vote themselves superior power. They can vote themselves the right to the wealth. They can vote themselves these things. You can't wait until they get that far along. If you're going to do it, you got to do it now while you still run everything, you still control the levels of power, you still control the banking, you still control 99% of the population, about 90% of the economy. you got to do it here and you got to do it now. Or at least you should do it here. If you're talking to a CPA, that's what a CPA will tell you. Do it now while you're still in charge. Do it now while you're still in control, and you can now dict and you can still dictate what's going to happen. Because you wait until their numbers get big enough, you're now fighting the political power, and you won't be able to dictate. It'll be a damn fist fight. Whereas right now, you can just dictate where they go. You're going to wait until the population numbers blow up. It's going to be a knife fight. It's going to be a knife fight. You do it now, and you can have an orderly progression. <laughs> where their numbers will grow, but their power will stagnate. Work. 
and they work and they work and they try, but they won't be able to move the status quo. White people will be a minority, but they'll be running things from up here. The rest of you will be the majority, and there will be stratas of you. If this doesn't sound like the plantations, colonization, how the Spaniards did it in their videos, colors in the whole nine yards, I don't know what the hell does. Man, they're used to this. Their, their heirs are going to have to get reaccustomed to it. They're used to this, man. They're used to it. Mm -hmm. Right now, they're saying, hey, think about this for just a few moments. You see all these illegals coming over here. Ask yourself one question. Most of our lives, we've all had to deal with this one statistic. The majority of the United States government, and I'm referring to the House of Representatives and the Congress, and the House of Representatives and the Senate, are made up of what race of people? Well, it's always uh, white and black. It's always over 80% white. Always. Let's get yeah. this straight now. Yeah. It's 80, 85% white, and particularly white male. Now, give me, somebody explain to me, how in the hell is it that you have a hundred United States senators and only two black people are 13% of the population, and yet are, there's only two United States senators? If the United States Senate truly reflected America, there would be 13. But there's not. Not even close. You got more Jewish people, yikes. You have more members of the Jewish community representing in the government than you do black folk, even though technically they're a smaller portion of the population than we are. Consider that they're, 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 they're proportion, they're, they're out of proportion to the population. That's the definition of engineering. And I'm just telling you, going forward, this is the plan. I've been saying it and screaming it that South Africa is the prototype. Do not look in the past, look at South Africa. South Africa has taught them and conditioned them to believe. Yeah, we can make that work. work. By the way, damn it, they can. They do it in microcosms all over America. They could make it work. They sure can. So you want to know why these other folks not jumping out of their skin? Well, if you want to know why these other folks not jumping out of their skin so much? Is because they're looking to they're jockeying for a position in the system. Thank you very much for giving us a call here tonight. Folks, it's my job to go ahead and explain it to you in plain and simple English. If you didn't understand, just replay this over and over again, you will get it. Replay it over and over again, but you will get it as the plan, as the strategy, as the game plan, as what they're digging on, as what they're going for. That's it. That's it. That's it. We're going to go ahead and wrap things up here tonight. If you are new here to the Black Channel, welcome to the Haven of Intelligent Black Thought. We do this every weekend. Click that red subscribe button. Click that yellow notification bell. Join us each and every time that we're here. If you haven't been to our website, blackchannelfilms.com, you want to go and check out our groundbreaking, best-selling documentary work, 7 a.m., gentrified, race war, all available on DVD streaming. Go to blackchannelfilms.com. That is blackchannelfilms.com. I want to thank everyone who has contributed to support tonight's program on PayPal, Cash App, Super Chat, Big shout out here to my man, uh, Chris King. Thank you very much in the Super Chat. Big shout out here to uh, B1 Media's Lifesaver <laughs> and to all of you for liking, sharing, and subscribing. And this concludes tonight's broadcast of the Black Channel. I am your host, your brother, your humble servant, 
for Black Authority. And until next time, my brothers and my sisters from around the world, remember, Black is the future, and the future is uncompromising.